Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Coming to you on a Sunday fun day. You would not have known from the excitement in my voice that just moments ago, I was asleep on the couch with Mabel draped over me. You would never have guessed. I know. You've what, come alive. You're electric, even. What a professional I am. <laughs> Oh, this is a fun episode. So I think that's what makes me um, a little energized because I was like thinking back to the app and I was like, this is a real fun one. This is a fun episode. We have a lot of fun episodes coming up. This has been a fun week. We, mm-hmm. Naomi, you were in a, a Netflix movie. Yes, I have a little part in a Netflix film called Me Time. And we did attend the premiere, if you will, <laughs> the premiere. And we'll get into that in all its glory uh, and opposite of glory uh, on the Patreon. No so, opposite of glory. It was fun. It was. But then we had that little end of the night incident. And so I will be bringing that to the page. Okay? Oh, <laughs> I'll be bringing it to the page. I, I forgot about that. I have not. Because, you know, y'all, I like to hold on to a resentment. 
okay so that you can go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod if you want to hear me ranting and raving in the next couple days no press but five dollars a month you get two bonus episodes and honey i do spill tea <laughs> by the way hey also uh if you if you don't have five dollars a month uh you can rate and review the show for free. That Costs really, you nothing, takes 10 seconds. That really does help. It really does, because you get them ratings, you get those reviews. Obviously, only good ratings and only good reviews, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's like not where you want to put your anonymous feedback, <laughs> okay? Uh, but you get it there, that bumps us up. It gets us on the list, honey. We start charting. People know we exist. That's what it's all about, right? Just wanting people to know you exist. That's <laughs> life in a nutshell. But, Naomi, how does it feel to be in a top 10 Netflix movie that's not The Gray Man? <laughs> Uh, it feels fine. I feel, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Hey, is that not modern life? Exactly. I feel nothing. Wanting to be acknowledged and feeling nothing. Mm. Dark, dark, dark. We are goofing. Hey, speaking of wanting to be acknowledged, we have some comments. We have some updates. Okay, we have to acknowledge. Uh, I just want, because we have updates, I don't want to, we, we have, a, we had a lot of comments. Okay. A, a lot of things, but I, I don't think we have the time. We don't. Not enough hours in the day. Everyone, I want you to know, I listened to all of your comments from bow to stern. <laughs> okay. From tip to tail. So you are acknowledged. You you do exist in the Cartesian sense. <laughs> but uh, very quickly. So do you remember Steph's episode, Autumn in Cleveland? Yes. Right. Do you yes. remember she wrote in her friends are all like booed up? Yes. And they, the, and she feels lonely in yeah. Cleveland. She's moved back in with her parents, right? Yeah. A number, more than one, uh-huh. a number of people have wrote in to say, hey, they also live in or around Cleveland Ooh. and are lonely. So of okay. Autumn, yeah. if you want me to connect you, we're, look, we're not Hinge. I, I'm, we're not Hinge. Not, we're not, not a service But this is about offering. friendship. This is about friendship. And I will say that we have made a lot of beautiful friendships, Andy. The CTQC, yes. they visit each other across the country. Yes. They're crossing like country lines even. So, okay, Autumn, right in. You know, DM or whatever, if you want, and I will connect you with these people that are also looking for friends in Cleveland. Yeah, and you can, like, just have them, you know, you can just give us a social media handle if you want them to just, like, DM you that way so you don't have to give out your personals. There are ways, no, if no. you want. Phone number and social security <laughs> number. Routing number. Routing number. Account number, routing number, <laughs> social security number, phone number. We want numbers only, actually. If you just send us email filled with numbers, yes, we are, good. we are turning into a cult. <laughs> that's what we're requiring from everyone. Uh, another comment. This comes from Dave and Gareth's app. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember? Uh, there was, I forget what the actual question was, but uh, it was about, you know, someone's relative who's shitty. And we're just like, just don't talk to them anymore. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The person, yes, her. <laughs> Uh, her, her partner her partner had a real shitty brother yes mm-hmm. and we we're like you don't have to talk to them yeah get out of here you can get, minimize yeah your interaction. he's trash you've done your time <laughs> hi naomi and andy i just listened to episode 216 the advice about the bad in-law hit me in the truth sector mm. <laughs> i was struck by how all of you resoundingly without hesitation condemned the idea of tolerating this guy or having any relationship with him be he an in-law or not I've been needing to hear this for a very embarrassingly long time. Mm. Thanks for what you do and bring into this world. I enjoy so much your voices and personalities. A great comfort. Well, I love that. I also love when you choose the comments that are praising us. <laughs> I love it. You're like, we can't read them all, but we're going to read the nice ones. But thank you. I love, first of all, love to hit someone in a truth sector. Uh, all right. I wonder where it is on your body. Is it your trunk? I, I, is it your inner thigh? I locate it like behind your sternum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you mean your heart? 
Well, just in the middle. Not middle. just not just where your heart is. Because then your heart a little bit over to the left or some shit oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some shit like that. So angry. <laughs> so resentful. But I thought apparently, because today, Sydney Sweeney is getting roasted online. Uh-huh. Her dad, she posted some pictures of her mom's birthday. And yeah. her dad's wearing like a Blue Lives Matter shirt. Yeah. And everyone's like, why are you hanging out with your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so funny. It was also her grandma's birthday. And so it's like so funny. And it was all like hoedown themed. I just thought the whole thing was hysterical. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I just love it. I love Andrew T. Whenever someone is like being not even racist online, but just like being adjacent to racist, <laughs> racist adjacent <laughs> yeah. online, Andrew T. is there with like just like saying like you don't have to talk to them, you don't have to <laughs> like you, like you don't have to hang out with your relatives that are shitty, right? And just like yeah, you can minimize as much as you can, as your- much as you can. I will say my one thing though about that situation is I'm like, and I don't know her life, but I feel like. You could not talk to somebody and still end up caught out in a picture with them. Yes. Like it's grandma's 90th. Don't don't bring trouble to grandma. Okay. Yeah. Ever she ain't got much time, so don't start fighting at a birthday. Just stand there and smile. Yeah. I can see that too. But also, again, hysterical <laughs> love and everyone being like, the fuck? Anyway, next comment. I think that is that should be the, the lesson of Hollywood is that you might end up in a picture with someone <laughs> shitty and you didn't mean to. I've learned that. Already. <laughs> Already. And we have an update from Steph's episode. Do you remember someone called in? They felt like they had been love bombed by a serial yes. love bomber. Yes, yes, yes. A shitty member of their community, mm-hmm. but just a shitty member. Right, 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 right. Not an illegal member. Exactly. There's no like illegal action being taken. We said this person sucks, forget about them. Uh we we would like to live in a world where people can commit revenge, but we don't think that's the smart thing to yeah. do. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Um, I am the caller from Steph's episode who uh, was love bombed by a serial love bomber. Um, thank you for answering my question. Uh, y'all basically gave me advice, but I ended up doing so good advice, which was to drop the whole issue of pursuing revenge against this serial love bomber um, who is definitely a drug dealer at this point. Multiple people have now told me that he's a drug dealer. Basically what happened here is that I'm new to the area that I live in. And so a lot of people had information that I just wasn't privy to yet. And strangely dating him (laughs) exposed me to more people. And then those people are my friends now. And those people told me for the most part that people are aware that he's a womanizer um, he is not the mayor, nor is he on city council. Uh, I will not say what his business is, just in case someone else in my city listens to this podcast, just because it's pretty specific. But uh, the thing that pisses me off about him the most is that he's where he's popular is the subset of liberal kind of 30s, 40s, millennial group of people in what is a pretty red state and red city. So he's like, seen as this big ally and then he's not <laughs> he treats women terribly but it's a tale as old as time anyway i thought about just like glitter bombing him like i was gonna do stuff have friends do stuff to him for a week just so he'd have like a really bad week in a low-key way but i've dropped that too and you know he's trying to pursue me again actually but i'm just living my life setting the boundaries and Thanks for answering my question. Thanks for your podcast. Love you. Bye. Okay. Popular with this liberal crowd. Is it Beto O'Rourke? Do you think that's who it is? 
also just obsessed with whatever his businesses are she won't mention them but i just there's nothing i want to know more than what can you just please like write us privately we won't just tell me what his businesses are i'm obsessed it is fucked up yeah what is he like a mandolin repairman or something like (laughs) it is insane that like if you're a shitty person in a certain like subculture Mm -hmm. like you own that subculture yes right whether it's indie rock i remember like when i first got into indie rock and i was like oh finally it's gonna be like a bunch like we all like the same music so everyone's here's gonna be progressive (laughs) and anti-racist and feminist and all that stuff and it's like nope (laughs) (laughs) nope there's only a small amount of people that are and there's a lot of creeps yep Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's where a lot of predators thrive in those subcultures where they can kind of be top dog, where they can, you know, build up this reputation, honey. That should be the next predator movie. Should be uh, a comedy club booker. Amber Midthunder, is that her name? Yeah. Going after, like, yeah, Yeah. like comedy bookers (laughs) and like indie rock stars. (laughs) Oh, God, like gamer guys who are like big uh, in that world. Big Twitch streamers. Big Twitch streamers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, okay, Naomi, we have to get to today's episode. We have to. Who is our guest? Oh, our old friend. A dear friend, Henny. Just like Darkness, he's an old friend. Okay. <laughs> the one, the only Matt Rogers. Come on now. You know Matt yes. from his podcast, Las Culturistas. Of course. You can watch Matt in the movie Fire Island on Hulu on this Showtime show. I love that for you. Matt is out here bringing you a game I serving. I love that for us. And you know what? I love that for you, the listener, because this is about to pop off. Roll it. Do you ever think back in the days of <laughs> sitting in the hallway at UCB? <laughs> Honestly, you couldn't really sit in that hallway because it was always wet. I mean, that's the that's, that's the I issue about that hallway back there. I mean, there was like an area where you could go kind of hang out, and then there was an area back behind the stage that was always like soaking wet. Like it was always like... <laughs> but also those spaces, like those old comedy spaces we used to perform in all the time, like that I guess was their charm, right? That there were exposed nails everywhere. There were health hazards. Um, yeah. Part of the danger of the whole thing. It's like, you if, know what I'm if saying? If you did not walk away with wet jeans and tetanus, you were not doing comedy right. No, 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 no. And also reeking of whatever smell that was. Um, <laughs> and only it's like it's like certain certain people that like performed in those comedy spaces know the smells I'm talking about. But like really what it can be boiled down to is like if you've ever been to like a basement theater and think, mm-hmm. oh, there's that smell that these basement theaters all have, I'll tell you what it is. Decomposing rat. <laughs> Ew. That's just the truth. It's just the truth. Oh, God. You're probably very right. Well, I'll never forget when it was confirmed for me. I was at the pit underground, um, uh, which was the, the literally underground. Um, R.I.P. P.I.T. <laughs> underground. Exactly. Um, but it was like, I was like, what is that smell? Like, and honestly, it was like, it wasn't even like a nasty smell. It was just a distinct smell. Yeah. And I asked like one of the interns there and they were like, oh, that's rat. <laughs> dead rat. Now, in my mind, by the way, uh, you are in overalls holding a sledgehammer. <laughs> Yeah. Smashing through the wall to verify this, but to get no, answers. it's just you're just taking someone at their word. Well, I would know. Certainly, I'd never pick up a hammer in my life. Um, and this is I, this is I think my third appearance on this podcast. And you don't get that by now. 
I don't do any labor. Um, well, no. Andy's open. You know, Andy says he he says I'm not going to put anyone on a box. Maybe Matt does take a hammer to things. You know, whereas I would have said Matt ain't touching no hammer. No, I'm not you touching know. no hammer. But the thing is, um, I, it's it, it goes beyond that for me. Like I have license plates that I was supposed to put on my car, but that would require getting even a screwdriver. <laughs> And so I'm not doing that. Like, I'll just, when it becomes a real problem, i.e., like the car is impounded or I'm in jail, then I'll deal with it. But until then, I'm not touching that screwdriver. Now, does that also apply to cleaning, like chores and stuff in your own home? Or everything. Actually, I just want to know like, are you just like, I'll deal with the repercussions Later. when they come? <laughs> With cleaning, um, I try to keep it pretty tidy in here, but you can also tell when I'm not doing so great or when I have too much free time, like shit starts to pile up. Like actually, right after I um, get off with you guys, I'm going to, it's not it's not dirty or filthy. It's mm -hmm, always mm -hmm. messy with me. It's always just like, oh, I didn't hang that shirt up, you yes. know, that type of thing. But I, I don't allow things to get like, dirty yes, or like yes, lack yes. of cleanliness mm -hmm. is not okay if for me it's it's just clutter yes it's, yes it's yes, clutter yes. i am that same way andy had to i think i've done pretty good andy's like could you not put your clothes on the back of the dining room chairs yeah <laughs> he's well, like that, could you not and i was like oh yeah actually you've gone like yeah. there was a point where it was getting really bad <laughs> and i was getting really angry yeah um and then um i don't know what changed but well i heard you and i said <laughs> yeah. it's not worth fighting over open communication we exactly. got there it is different when you are dating someone though right i mean like it's like that whenever i've dated someone and they really allowed me to come over and see all their mess and stuff i was like oh this is this is how i know it's gone too far down this road it's like oh, I, I see i'm the kind of person where it's just like if I can pull it off at one point when I do get into another relationship, like, and it gets serious, like, it's going to be separate bathrooms. Like, mm. I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the person that I'm having sex with devolve in that way. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be going to a shared toilet bowl and see what you're working with in that regard. Like I can't, like I, it actually like, I shut down in a major way. Wow. Uh, okay. And maybe that's just me being immature, but like, I don't like to share space that can get dirty in that way. And I, you know, was, was in the pandemic with a boyfriend for a certain amount of time. And it just got to the point where it was just like, Oh, I know that the world is going to hell with the pandemic, but we can't be living in this much <laughs> clothing on the ground. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but like when you're in a relationship, you have to like, I don't know. There, there has to be some sort of like, you know, you decadence. want a little illusion, a little maintain, yeah, a little illusion. I, maintain I actually think a little, yeah. I think an illusion is good. I think an illusion, yeah. it shows that you care. Yeah. So piss, <laughs> piss stains are your hard existential boundary. <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, piss stains. But like sometimes I had another ex boyfriend who will remain nameless. Who often like okay, so there's flushing the toilet, which is like really flushing it, like holding mm -hmm. it down and making sure everything goes down. And then there's flushing the toilet, like oh yeah, I pushed the button down and then I left the thing. It's like <laughs> no, you have to make sure when okay. you flush the toilet that everything goes down there uh -huh. because. If you don't, you're going to have to, say it with me, courtesy flush. <laughs> and a lot of people out here are not giving the courtesy flush. Sorry, stop. Hold on, everyone. Everyone shut the fuck well, the up. Well, you, you, the fact that you even Hold need on. me to stop right now shows me what kind of person you are. 
This, it <laughs> the is latter. fucking insane to me. It is fucking insane. Sorry, hold on. People are not like no no no. This one's like you would never oh, know who was in the bathroom. Oh no, no, oh no. oh yeah, oh. Yeah. Okay. No, good. no no. People are not ashamed. Like I'm ashamed <laughs> that I have a body at all. I'm ashamed that anything comes out of my body. You're right. In, yeah. From any part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that other people are just like proud or indifferent to indifferent. It's like they don't. They don't. They're like what? Every, you know, they're very like everybody poops, and it's like they're not yeah, thinking about we it. Don't speak of it. Yeah. No, they're not thinking about it. And my thing is just like, I, to me, it's just like, I'll only say it one or two times, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, and then it's humiliating to come out of the bathroom and like be around someone that ostensibly you're supposed to have sex with and just be like, <laughs> hey, um, I noticed some of your waste still in the <laughs> toilet. Uh, if we could m- minimize that, that would be ideal for me and for you, I think, because I ain't engaging unless um, this is this is lickety split. Exactly. Sorry, help me, help me, everyone. What, Andy? Sorry, I'm for the listener. I'm smushing my fingers He's into smushing. my eyes. You can't take He's it. Smushing. Hoping to gouge them out so I never have to see this image in my head again. But what is the psychology behind someone who's just like, eh? They it's not it's not an active eh. it's exactly. not it, it's exactly. it's just it's just a but i flushed the toilet you know what i mean and then they're not they're not going back to the toilet to check you know what i mean they flush the toilet they leave the bathroom that's it they wash their hands hopefully hopefully um, i'm gonna say hopefully honey because with that little half dab of the of the lever that ain't nothing that half dab you know that's what i'm saying it's a half dab of the lever instead of a prolonged one Two, even three, and Honey, now, I, now I you know. hear the pipe. Okay, you hear the plumbing. You know when it's gone down. Yeah, and that's like a real. I think that happens a lot, or at least I notice in people who, when they were growing up, had their own bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a, a people where it's like, oh, when they grew up, they had like a bathroom in their bedroom, and it's like the kids had their bathroom. You know, right. So like. I think they're a little more predisposed to just do that because it it didn't have the same like let's check on what you're doing, yeah. you know. But like yeah, my mom be. would yell at me if she came in that bathroom and saw anything because it was like our shared yeah. bathroom and it was not going to happen. I also know that we're in the place now where it's a little bit more normal to just piss in a toilet and then leave it there because of water and everything and like. But I don't do well with that either. Like I don't, I don't like it when I go to the restroom and like it's like a dark yellow. Like I'm just like, I don't know. Like it just doesn't sit right with me, and I, I just, I just don't like it. And it does stain the bowl. But yes. I also know we need to be be more cognizant. But I don't know. I'll reduce my emissions in other ways. Right. I, I'm flushing my toilet after I use the bathroom every time. I mean, every maybe time. if I, I'm immovable there. I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about this? One less flight on your private jet on the one <laughs> right. less flight on the Las Culturistas private jet yeah. a week, and no. you can flush the toilet every time. What it's gonna be is I'm gonna take as many rides on the private jet. I'm just gonna stop loading it out to my friends. <laughs> that that there it that, is. There you go. There it is. You can take that's a three really, minute flight. That's the yes. Taylor Swift drama of it all. It's that like it's it, people are like. She flies every single day on her private jet. It's like, no, she doesn't. But what she's not thinking about is it belongs to her and she allows other people to use it like for the majority of the year. So it's it's like the carbon emissions are ascribed to her since right. she owns the jet, but she's not actually using it every day, which doesn't matter. But, you but know. also like also when she says other people use it like. That's for money. Like, that's an income stream. Taylor's basically like, I'm going to buy a jet. No, she's just lending it to people, apparently. 
she just landed it. I refuse to believe Taylor. It did not say you better pay me for my jet. I think that she does lend it. I actually what? know. I know someone who it's been offered to. <gasps> oh I my god! Never, I can Matt, never say who. Well, Matt, this also this is a perfect pivot into your ascension okay. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, because we talk about relationships and stuff here. And I'm curious as to as you become more um, well known, more front facing. Are you mm-hmm. having more people? Are you able to spot the fakers? Are you able to spot the people who are just trying to be close? Because I think that you are still, you always have been, but I think you still are. You're a very warm person, a friendly person. You know, like you don't seem to have the walls up no. that someone might have who, you know. Yeah, I think there. that my thing is um, if I can spot them, I'm shocked at how much sometimes it doesn't matter to me. Um, that's what I'll say. Like, if I if someone comes up and they're like a quote unquote like, you know, not that I think of myself this way, but if they're a quote unquote like star fucker, or if there's someone who's like you know aware of me and like you know interested in that regard, it's like, well, if I'm into it and they're into it, then I'm usually like whatever. Like, let's let's it is what it is. But then sometimes I do think like, you know. I don't really know if I'm looking for the randomness of it all anymore. Like, I think I'm not really in that space. Right now, I'm sort of in an in-between place of, like, wanting to hook up for sure. But my new thing is, like, if I'm going to meet up with someone to just hook up with them, I do want to get a drink first. You know what I mean? Uh Like, Just because... I think that there's too much like weird gray area now between what people th- think and expect. And um, yeah, maybe it is that like I-, I have been out there a little bit more and I can spot it a little bit more. But it's just like I would like to get to know someone before I engage with them in that way just because I feel better about it and I think they feel better about it. Like I, I would hate for someone to you know, like approach and say like, hey, I really like what you do and I'm a fan and then may- then maybe say something flirty and then me take it the wrong way. There's just too many op- too many opportunities to take things the wrong way, I think, that mm. it's just like, let's be really clear about what this is. Like, I'm not necessarily looking for anything either way. I'm looking to be surprised and delighted um, <laughs> and that I can usually figure out if that's going to happen like over drinks. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me being more more in my 30s now, but like... <laughs> I just I feel like I did the thing of like being on grinder and being super random and like having my stories about like um what happened when I did this and now yeah. I'm just kind of like if I can be in control of it I would like to be in control of it. Wait, what do you mean by super random? I mean like random sex off grinder. I mean like, like come over now I don't know anything about you. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. and okay. I I I've I've done that a ton. You know what I mean? Like not a ton. I've probably I've probably hooked up on grinder like over let's say over 20 times, which is like, you know, inviting someone over who you don't know right. with with an aim to continue to not know them. Right. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> like and nowadays it's just like I've had, I've never had like a terrible experience. Like I have a friend who like one time invited someone over and then the guy ended up chasing him around his apartment with a knife. <gasps> like for uh, real, like I mean, there's horror stories. Well, that's what I'm, you know, cause I watch true crime. So I'm convinced I'm like, they're yeah. all murderers. How do you do it? Like I'd be much more like, Hey, meet me in this coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be more like, more be like we can have sex in a coffee shop bathroom than I would let you come to my house. <laughs> you, yeah. No, but honestly, like, it, and, and people really do fake shit i mean yeah. they're like they people are really good at pretending to seem normal 
Uh-huh. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't even matter if they're normal or not because you might just be that horny. And you oh. might not be you See. might not be like thinking about um it from that angle. Like if they're a little right. weird, maybe you're into that that night. You know what I'm saying? And so like it's like, ah, whatever, he's a little weird, whatever. And then you invite him over and he's chasing you around your apartment naked with a knife. You know what I mean? Like it, it can go there. So for uh-huh. me, I'm just like, I've had so many experiences that haven't been bad, but have been a little weird. Like didn't expect that person to be a certain energy or you just meet up with someone that you talk to and it was horny on the app, but then you meet them in real life and the chemistry's not there. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I like to take more responsibility with these things now. Yes. 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 Yeah. You want to know what you're getting into because I think that to me, I mean, of course, you know, naturally I say repeatedly I'm sex negative. So, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. But that feeling of like, how enjoyable can it be Mm. with a total stranger kind of as you get older and start to have preferences and interesting. I think when you're 21, 22, like 25, you're like, I just want to hook up. Like, this is going to feel nice. Whereas I think as you get older and start to be like, you're not well, doing it right. You don't know what's up. I think I the know. answer to that question that is the reason why you have to decide to stop doing it is because sometimes it can be pretty fucking good. <laughs> I mean, actually, I think some of the best sex I've ever had has been with complete like a rando. randos. Like, I remember... All right, this is taking it back, but <laughs> I I wasn't super sexually experienced um, when I was like even 25, 26, 27. And I was dating my first boyfriend and we were sort of having problems in that area. And I think something that we tried was to be open. And uh, that meant that for the very first time, I downloaded a grinder. And um, I had never used the app before. And I used it, and <laughs> I had the most insane sex I'd ever had with someone who, up to that point, was not some was not someone I would ever. Because I, you know, it's like when you're when you're like growing up and you realize that you're gay, like in like a very like homogenized zone, and like you see certain film and television, and it's like this is the dream boy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like this like. I used to think my type was like, you know, he's like a musician and, you know, like, like, you know, my, my type is like, um, you know, he's a preppy boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he's good to his mother. And then you, you, you like go on Grinder and someone talks to you like, here's what I want to do to you. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you engage with that person and you're like, oh no, that was so fucking incredible. Like I liked the danger in that. And that's when you start to like realize like, oh, I don't even know myself sexually at all. But because mm-hmm. I grew up in a in a environment where like I couldn't have like a messy first boyfriend in high school. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. could I wasn't exposed to a lot of like, you know, difference of you know, sexual identity, of diversity, etc. Like you don't know what you're into, what you like, whatever. And then you get to, you know, be in your mid twenties and you have the app grinder in your hand. <laughs> and it's like this like, you know, menu right. of like possibility. Right. And A you whole dive new in. World. It's it is giving men you. If only Alan Menken could write a song about Grinder. If only we could bring him back from the dead to like have him inspired in that way. Um but like uh, oh wait, Alan Menken is he dead? No, I think he's alive. Who's the one that's dead? Howard Ashman. 
Anyway, man can get on it then. If you're alive, yeah, get on it. Get on it. Alive and listening to this. But what I'm saying is just like it's like it's like actually what keeps you on the app is that you never know if it's gonna be good. And you know what I mean? It's like it's like throw it's like throwing uh, it's like fish in a barrel. You might catch a big one, a big juicy (laughs) one. That's why I don't gamble. It it is a real gambling. (laughs) It's a real gambling because you could end up with. Uh, American Psycho. You're like, I just want my ass eaten and you end up with Patrick Bateman or whatever his name is. Right. But the thing too about like just wanting your ass eaten is it's like sometimes like, like for example, like, I don't know, especially during desperate times, like during the pandemic when it's like, oh, I've always had a thing with this person, but do I really want to engage with them in that way? And once I go down this road, like they're a friend, I'm making them something that's not a friend. It's like, is that going to be weird? Like, so again, like, like yes like everyone's like a base sexual person and like uh unless you're sex negative and you declare it repeatedly on podcast uh-huh um but like but like i don't know it's just interesting like when you're all cooped up like what decisions you make or when you feel like you really are desperate for something that's why mm-hmm. i just if i'm gonna make those decisions now i do it with those close to me um <laughs> and i ruin things i know i can rebuild because i the person and i started off in a, at a base part uh, you know point you know what i right, mean right right Stranger, I, I know my close friends that I could fuck up relationships aren't, aren't with aren't going to kill me. You know right. what I mean? I don't, right. I don't know these grinder people aren't going to kill me. Right. Right. right, exactly. Well, that answers my question from earlier about repercussions. Yes, 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 yes. And not worrying about them so much. But he No, does. yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You're like, well, I can rebuild this. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, look, I've been messy with my friends. I'm, like, I'm like any like modern gay man, I guess. Like, I have a group of gay friends and like things get a little messy sometimes in that regard. Like, I, I and especially Especially during the pandemic, like, you know, it, it, it's like, it's a thing. Like, when you're in your pod with a certain people and you're like, well, I know I at least like these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and certain things happen. But um, I guess my thing is, yeah, I, I'm not trying to randomize that part of my life in the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say, like, I, I meet someone that night and don't go home with them. That happens all the time. I just have drinks first or get right. to know them first <laughs> or at least know what one of my friends thinks about them first. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I ask questions, mm-hmm. I do my due diligence, <laughs> and then I act like a hoe. <laughs> I mean, you're, do- you're just joking, though, about, like, you know, oh, I can take these risks with my friends. But I was thinking, you are friends with a lot of your exes. Like, you're mm-hmm. able to kind of go back to a friendship relationship. And is yeah. that, was that always something you were good at? I think it's more I just refuse to let people go and need things on my own terms. But um, what I like about, um, I guess, both my exes is they both those relationships were based in friendship. And so by the time I realized with both of them that they weren't going in the direction that I think they needed to go or we wanted different things or I thought we'd be healthier apart, it felt silly to me to throw away the entire relationship period point blank just because we dated and it takes a long time and you know some people are not as amenable to continuing a relationship as others but for me it's just like if i've opened my life up to you and i'm close to you it means something and if i can maintain that i like to Mm. um but i also totally understand and respect people who are like scorched earth about the whole thing who can't see um who can't see the person that they dated. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. get it. It's just not who I am. Like, I don't know. But wait, your friends, but I mean, do you literally hang out with them or are you just like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they hang. Well, well, Henry and I don't see each other as much anymore. Um, this is my first boyfriend. Um, 
That was your first boyfriend? Wait, Henry? Henry was my first boyfriend, yeah. Henry. Oh, wow, I had no idea. That Henry? Yes, that Henry. Yes, yes. I'm miming playing a piano. Because I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah, he's still still my musical director for my shows. We talk Mm -hmm. a lot, like... Um, I'm working with him this month, and I'm, I'm we're going on tour together. We go on tour together every year. Like we we're doing 14 cities um, this December, so we're going to be together a whole lot. And <laughs> we still speak a lot of the same languages, especially like comedically, artistically, musically. So it's great. I mean, we have this thing that um, I was actually really emotional when we broke up because I felt like. Um, or after we broke up, looking back on the relationship, because I feel like everything in a relationship, like everything you try, like every emotion that you have um, is just all pointed in the direction of how do I figure out with this other person how to make each other better? You know what I mean? Like this relationship, like, like, of course there's great moments. There's not so great moments, but ultimately how do, how are we making each other better, a better version of the other one? Um, and in our work together, we we really are able to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that that was something out of that relationship that I like truly, truly love. And um, so with he and I, and also we were just young. And uh, yeah. with he and I, it's that. And with Jared, my my second boyfriend, it's like um, he and I are just such close friends, and we just care about each other so much, and have such a similar sense of humor and. Um, interests that um, we really are able to intuit each other emotionally in a way and then you know like it's just so when you get to be that vulnerable with someone it's just it's just hard and it feels like why are we gonna throw this away just because we want different things in life like and mm-hmm. and, and it, it's hard I mean like and and you know there's slip-ups you know I've certainly been the type of person to hook up with an ex like I mean I've done it like yeah I think that it's actually like you know it, it's it's a thing and uh, I just try to judge myself a little bit less because it's hard you know emotional yeah. shit is tough yeah 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 yeah. i mean but i think that is why people will scorch the earth because Mm -hmm. it is like because it is like when you're like okay we are physically attracted to each other then we do have this emotional foundation that you don't have with a lot of people just because of the time you spent and so you're like well how do i just not continue to try to be in your bed you know, know again i think people who are like so then they don't yeah. know i mean you were I like know. this too because like you would break up with somebody and get back together and, and break up and get back and try to be fucking up yeah <laughs> years after that to the point where like it was just like oh uh, i don't know if i'm ever gonna i had to like stop it because i'm like i don't know if i'm ever gonna get over you if we don't stop hooking up right like and, and that's yeah, that's when the boundaries come in, and um, I think that's something that, especially from my perspective, like a lot of people, a lot of gay men my age are just really not good at boundaries, um, and it's because I don't think there's been a lot of examples of boundaries um put in front of us like my generation of gay men like we didn't really have a lot of gay couples that were older than us to look up to to be like oh that's an example of a healthy monogamous relationship that's an Mm -hmm. example of a healthy open relationship that's an example of a healthy single person you know what i mean like yeah um this is an example of a healthy group of gay friends who have history you know what i mean like it's just now i feel like almost like not a responsibility but an opportunity to as someone who's like a creator and a comedian and an actor, like try to be a part of like 
showing what these things look like. I mean, like being in the movie Fire Island, like I honestly think that's one of the only times I've seen an honest, real seeming group of gay friends in a movie that was like accessible to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't like explaining away their existence or dumbing them, dumbing it down or making it seem like something that it wasn't. Um, so I think that honestly in, in representation, we can have like a healthier um, new generation come up and maybe it'll be a little bit less messy or just less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, less feeling like you have to apologize for everything because none of us know what the fuck we're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Were there any examples when you were growing up of like, this is a gay I relationship mean, that, that like I want to pattern myself after or like this feels right to me. Like either in your, romantically. In your, no, no, not romantically, yeah. not sexually. No, there, because it was, I'll tell you what it was. And this is just the real truth. It was like, when I was younger, there was like Will and Grace, right? And it was like Will and Jack had a good friendship and they had a good platonic friendship between gay men. But all of Will's boyfriends like were played by straight actors and he was a straight and actor, a straight Eric actor. McCormick. And it just felt like what was being said was this is a gay relationship that we're not laughing at. Because anything Jack was ever involved in was like probably with also another femme person, and we were more laughing at it. Whereas like all of the Will relationships were like, when he comes to the door, we shake hands and kiss on the cheek. It was sexless. It was all sexless. Yeah, it was all sexless. And I have to say, like the reason why we men are dating other men is to be fucking them. (laughs) So like, let's not pretend this is a sexless thing. It's not. It's actually quite explicitly about sex. Yeah. So. And I guess that was hard to, to, to walk the line with, like, in a mainstream, like, you know, network television show at the time. But that is what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will so, never ate anyone's ass? <laughs> no, I don't even think... Uh, I, I think that that would have been, like, <laughs> like, a, like a different genre. It would, if, yeah. if, if they had even said the word ass, it would have been like, what? But I remember then there was, like, Queer as Folk. You know what I mean? Which yes, got so they her, were having sex. They certainly were, but like that was more like by the time as a young gay person you found queer as folk, you couldn't like pay attention to the storyline because essentially <laughs> you were just watching like soft core. It uh-huh, was like so uh-huh. jarring to see sex like that on television that you couldn't focus on like what the characters were quote unquote going through. Right. Like right. all you could see was like an actual depiction of someone eating ass and you were like <laughs> like what what do i what do i do with this like right. you know what I mean? your eyes the answer is out of your keep head. watching yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. Well, yeah but i mean yeah I, I cut everyone a lot of slack for being like for having like a second adolescence like yeah because yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. have a first one well, it's, I mean, but like in other, sorry, I just have to, like, there was no, like, I'm just trying to figure out, cause like, I, these are all the kinds of, um, uh, uh, culture, cultural touch points that I also had in the yeah. like, 90s. I mean, were 2000s. there a lot of interracial relationships you saw on television? Like, no. probably one or no. two, like, Boy Meets World. Well, that hello, was we Ron say Ron. Sean and Angela all the time. And yeah, like, I mean, Sean and Angela, but like, then, then the what? monsters. Did you say the monsters? Yeah, yeah. He was a Frankenstein. Girl she, was by a, she was a Dracula. Girl, <laughs> Frankenstein, that's not a race. <laughs> but well, no, but it's so well, true. Well, well, but no, well. but it's also like, especially because 
because I've, I've been rewatching Will and Grace in particular. And like when we talk about like not only was it sexless, but yes, you were like NBC Thursday nights. But there was no shortage of Deborah Messon's ass in, you know, um, lingerie and bed with right. a guy. I was like, you never saw exactly. Will and her and a boyfriend in bed together. The way never. they would show her and a guy like, and I don't mean having sex, but literally just like waking up and rolling over and having a kiss or doing whatever. And they never did that. Did Fraser fuck? Yes. Yeah, he did. One time, Will and Jack woke up in bed together. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. it was like it was like a joke. And I don't even think they had sex. I think that it came. No, up no, no. They like fell they just asleep. Passed out. They fell asleep. They were on Karen's yacht. But when I tell you that was a that was the end of the episode. The big yeah. break of the episode was did something happen? Did they have sex? And then like the next episode, of course, the next one was like, well, absolutely not. No, no, they did no, they not. never could. No, they, they should don't even have buttholes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was like, or like the moments when, but then it was also funny because again, that was a popular show, right? So I very mm. much remember when Patrick Dempsey plays Will's boyfriend for like two episodes and his whole yeah. thing is that he's not out. And he's yeah. like, introduces Will as his brother. But I just remember being like, is this Patrick Dempsey trying to like change his image? You know what I mean? He's like, look, I could play gay, which means sitting with a man. Like, because they don't, they do not kiss. They like a hug. When he comes to no. the door, he gives him a hug. And you're just and then, like Yeah. Like <gasps> his 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 boyfriend that like went the distance was played by Bobby Cannavale. Yep. And his whole thing was that he was Vince who was a who was a firefighter, right? <laughs> a cop. He was a cop. He was a cop. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you get more <laughs> like not gay than Bobby Cannavale playing a guy named Vince who's a cop who talks like Bobby Cannavale? You know what I mean? Right. And I was just like and so, and at the time, though, it felt like, oh, but we do have representation. And so that's what I mean when I say I get to my mid-20s and I'm confused about myself sexually. It's because we've only ever seen acceptable depictions of gay relationships that aren't actually real. Right. Right. And also white, 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 white. That's another thing. It's like nobody white, 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 white. To the Ooh. point where, like, of course there's fetish, fetish, fetish. Shization <laughs> in the gay community because like like again like there's there was no diversity growing up there was no representation in terms of like a diverse relationship like gay people are already so in their heads about so many different things and then like all of a sudden you give them an app where they're allowed to say whatever the fuck they want and you of course some of these dark people like that, that are like so disgusting on the inside like and haven't dealt with their their other issues like will say this disgusting stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, so it's a lot. I mean, the, yeah. gay, the gay community has a long way to go, but for me personally, I'm taking it to drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing that I was, I was curious about though, was like, did you ever seek out other media outside of like, because the mainstream media was so desperately homophobic, right? right? Were there other places where you could search out and be like, oh, well, this is, in this movie that I found on whatever criteria, this German film, this German film actually <laughs> depicts like a real gay couple, and I'll I can be kind honest of like with you, no, no, because like I, that wasn't even in my head. All I wanted, well, you know what I really, what I really lacked was people with my sense of humor talking like me. That's what I wanted. Mm. I didn't really care about like looking to the future or like looking looking to the media and being like, but what's my husband gonna be like? I didn't yeah. think about it because I just figured I'll never have one. What I wanted 
was friends I could be honest with. Like, what I wanted was, you know, uh, to know what my sense of humor was and how to be able to use it. So, honestly, what I would watch when my parents weren't in the house, I would go on HBO On Demand and I would watch Sex in the City. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I was told, it's like, here's women talking with each other the way you've never heard before. And I was like, all right, well, I'm interested in that. And then the jokes they'd make to each other and the way they'd talk about men and the way they'd have different perspectives on things, I was like, I can, I can feel myself being a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was interested in it. They were very aspirational. They lived in New York City. Um, and also, Great apartments. not for nothing, th- not for nothing, but when they would have sex, it would look like sex. Yeah. At least what yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. of sex looking like at the time. You know what I mean? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. They, they would have sex on the show for real. They would show it. And then afterwards, they would talk about what it was like. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, for example, in the episode where the guy that Miranda's sleeping with wants her to eat his ass. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of that before rimming. I didn't know what that was. And then they had a discussion about it at brunch right afterwards. And I'm, I'll never like, I'll never forget that because it was just like, wow, they really are having a discussion about this thing that I'm like uncomfortable with, (laughs) but, but I'm seeing is a thing, right? You know, like, right. So that was like formative for me in a way. Cause weren't you, I was trying to think cause you're a little bit younger than me. So you would have been early high school, late middle school. Well, the Sex and the City show started in like the late nineties. Yeah, and it was like ended. I believe it ended in two thousand four. So that was when I was. If if it's six seasons, then it's the years when I was eight to fourteen. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so very little. And then what? So the after. movie came. The movie came out when I was in college. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you watched. I was it, born in nineteen ninety. Oh my god, Andrew! We gotta stop the episode. We gotta stop the episode. Okay, that reaction. That reaction every time. Like we didn't all know we were different ages. (laughs) (laughs) But I no. But you know what it is for me, especially though, because I saw you perform around the same time. So for me, people I saw perform around the same time were all. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all. Well, I I feel that way too. You know what I mean. I also think I I also started very young. Right, I was nineteen you when I started comedy because I was at NYU and I was sort of accelerated in that area. So probably we met when I was like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But in my head, I was like, so we're all we're all thirty seven doing our best. You know what I mean? Because like, we're all like start comedy. I'm, I'm actually like, legally not allowed to ask you about eating ass. Right. Because, <laughs> of, the age because of the age gap. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Andy, I think we've unpacked a lot, and I think now people need Matt's help. All right. We'll be. Okay. Right back. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> After this. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're back, honey, with Matt Rogers here to help you handle your scandal, honey. Matt comes to us with an open heart, okay? I really Matt do. comes to us as a leader in culture, in communication, and he's going to help us help you. Well, speaking of communication, let's start off with this one. This is, a, I thought, a, a softball question that we could do. At Just the, to get us going. Yeah. Okay. Top okay. Of this. Here we go. Okay. Hey, me and Andy. It's William. Um, I'm calling because I have a question about uh, a new relationship that I've started. And I wanted to understand or at least get your advice on um, some tips or uh, how to handle um, someone who maybe isn't the best communicator. Um, so... He is a doctor and he has a lot of work and things like that. And I work it from home, so I have a lot more time. And I don't necessarily know what's too much of an expectation going into it and what I can ask and what I can't and kind of how to navigate that. So I'd love to hear, you know, how you've done that. And then maybe if you have any tips on how to do it moving forward of someone who's very needy like myself <laughs> and uh, wants constant attention, but also understands that that's not realistic. Um, so uh, I look forward to hopefully hearing from you. And um, I hope you have a great day. I love you both. Bye. Wait, William, what'd you say? What'd you ask me? Communication. So, I, communi- I, but I think that that in in you saying that actually is his answer. I think he needs to ask this question to his boyfriend. I think he needs to be like honest about this and just be like, "Hey, I noticed that we have different lifestyles. You're busy a lot. I'm kind of sitting around here, and I think that that it just because I work from home, I have a lot more time for this to occupy my space. So I do want to spend more time with you and like wonder when that will happen. But I feel a little self-conscious asking that because Mm. I really do like you and don't want to, you know, I think he just needs to literally ask the question he asked us to him. Like he, Mm -hmm. this is something, this is so much more simple. Like if the answer is how do you communicate better? Communicate. Honestly, what Better. you what, what what you actually what is your actual issue? Ask him that. Period. I'll say this too. I yeah. think Naomi, you hit on something as well. I think that was great, Matt. Um, where you're like, oh, what is the question? I think the caller is maybe not uh, used to articulating himself, or maybe his needs. His needs. Maybe He's doesn't. nervous to talk to him. That's yes. what it is. He's nervous. He, he actually knows what he wants to ask, but he's nervous to do it. Yes. And you you can't be, because I, I honestly think like, if this is gonna be something that moves forward, you have to be able to express yep. yourself and not worry about the type of response that you're gonna get. Once you ex- express yourself and you get a certain type of response, if that's one that doesn't sit right with you, then I think call into this podcast. Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. I am someone who is, who gets nervous communicating with people. So I run through the stuff in my head Mm. a Mm -hmm. lot Mm -hmm. to figure out how I want to. And obviously like reality is not, when you start having conversations with actual human beings, they're not going to follow whatever the script is in your head. But so you have to, you know what? Take an improv class. Okay. (laughs) 
That's what you gotta do. Oh, gross. Do, do 101. To... Gross. How dare you say that to someone? I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> I also wonder I wonder if there's a little bit of a thing with like this guy's a doctor and I was thinking sh- to say I'm not sure what William does, but I wonder if there's a thing of like well, I don't want to interrupt his actually important stuff with like mm-hmm. my petty thing, which is why don't we spend more time together? But meanwhile, uh-huh. like that's a real thing. I mean, time together is a major deal. It's a big currency in a relationship. Right. Like, that's where the relationship happens in right. time together. So it, it might seem like you in bringing this up to him are being like unreasonable or demanding of his time. But like, it's your time too, and you're exactly. in the relationship too. Exactly. So I just think you can't be shy about being like, "Hey, uh, I wish I could see you more, but I know mm-hmm. how busy you are. I just wanted to tell you that and un- and let you understand. Like, I think it's occupying a little bit more space in my brain than maybe it is yours because you are busy doing this thing. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see you more, and I'm wondering how that can happen. Mm. And I think too, because the problem is the more the longer you withhold that stuff, because maybe you're withholding because quote you don't want to bother him but you're actually not having the real relationship. You're having this like half relationship where you tiptoe trying to keep the doctor where it's like, tell him what you want and you will quickly find out whether he's your person or not. As you said, Matt, it's like when you get the answer, like, and that's what you need to know. Don't be afraid of losing him. And then as a result, not even like being real with him. Right. And so you might as well just like tell him what it is. And I think too, do you want a partner or a phantom? exactly and like this like or like okay well i think he's gonna come over let me not bother him and like just we'll do that but i think too that you know a couple things to remember one like you can ask somebody for something without being demanding right so much of this is in the delivery so you saying i wish i could see you more does not have to become this histrionic where are you do you like me right so you you, and and also the way you spoke even just in this voicemail like you sound pretty like direct he seems like a sweet guy yeah Yeah. i was like you don't you're not coming off like cray cray so it's like you know how to communicate in a in a direct way i think also then the other thing too is like um oh i was gonna say like don't Oh, I think I might have lost it, but I think it's more like... But that's what I was saying. Run, I, w- I was kidding about the improv stuff, but I meant like run these things through in your head until you know what you want to say in a, the most articulate way so that you have it down so you can just say, hey, the, this is what I want. I'm not demanding it. Mm-hmm. This is just what I want. And so you know it, so you're not like flustered in the moment. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I see. No, no, I don't really know what you're saying, but I also think it's my thing too with him is, oh, I know what it is too. It's like... um. This person who went to medical school and is now a doctor, you ain't the first person to tell him he was too busy. Yeah, right. So, like, what you're asking for is not wild. That's the other thing, too. It's like, this is not going to be an out-of-left-field question, concern, conversation. So, remember that, too. Don't think that, like, you're going to be the first first guy who wanted something. But the most important thing is that he says something. Because this is also, it's early in the relationship and you don't want to set a tone for the relationship and for yourself where you're the, you're the person in the relationship who is not saying what they feel because that means you're not being your full self. So this actually is a big test. And I actually think while we weren't able to answer your question about how to communicate, like, and we're, all we're saying is basically just communicate, that's actually a big deal. And yeah. that is something I think to take from yeah. The, from the question being asked. Yeah. Or you must you communicate. To, did you go to therapy? Are you somebody like... I started to... therapy for myself this year, and it's oh, been a wow. huge deal. And, and like, actually, 
this is one of the things because I was having a really hard time with someone I was dating earlier in the year because I felt like things had changed and I just wanted uh, clarity on what it was. And I was like in tears all the time about Mm. like, you know, feeling like I wasn't good enough and um, how things had changed. And like, I, I was just confused. And my therapist said, you need to tell him how you feel. And I did. And my entire emotional life got better. Like it was just, it's just about communicating because you're never, ever, ever going to look back at being honest in the grand scheme in the long run and think I shouldn't have been honest. Mm-hmm. Like cause yeah. in, in the immediate aftermath, like what's the worst thing that can happen? Like you say to this guy, Hey, here's my concerns. And he said, he, he reacts really badly and is like, I don't think we can do this. Then you didn't want to be with that person. Exactly. Exactly. You saved everybody some time. Just yeah. being honest will always lead to some a better situation in the long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Even yeah, if yeah. it's Wait, uncomfortable Matt, in the moment. What prompted you to go into therapy now? What prompted me to go into therapy was um, after I shot the series that I'm on, I knew it was coming out really, really soon, and it was going to be uh, combined with the movie coming out. And I could feel that things were going to start getting um, very public. And I felt like I was going to be out there a lot, like to be perceived, like in this movie, in this show, out as myself, like promoting it. And I just, I wanted to make sure that I stayed like in a grounded spot that I could just talk about the real things that I was feeling day to day instead of like, you know, allowing myself to get caught up in like something stupid potentially. You know what I mean? Glitz and glamour. Yeah, it's not, and, and the thing is, like, there really isn't a lot of glitz and glamour. It's more about <laughs> like being being um, really caught up in the type of attention you're getting from people. Someone who is like obsessed with, um, like, uh, you know, I didn't. I wanted to manage like the onlineness of it all, the um, accessibility to people's opinions. I just wanted to stay emotionally healthy, and mm-hmm. so I had like threatened myself. And my friends for years, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I never did it. And I said, I'm going to go through enough of a life change right now where I think it's time. So, That's so smart. That's yeah, so it was, smart. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Well, it's the reason why I asked that, too, even just when you're in therapy is because, you know, Matt's one of those people who, like, gets along with his parents, you know, and they're, like, friends <laughs> and stuff. So sometimes those people are like, like you kind of grew up in a healthy household where people loved you. So I didn't know you even You liked. know what's funny? Like, my therapist keeps sort of bringing up my parents in a way where she thinks, like, something is going to unlock and I'm going to, like, really want to go there. And I'm like, no, I'm kind of good in that area. Like, but it's so funny because, like, you can feel the therapist, like, wanting to take it there. And, yeah. like, of course you can always go there with your parents. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like, genuinely like i could be in therapy just for those relationships like of course yeah but but i don't it's not top of mind for me yeah it's like Mm -hmm. it's and and, but i can feel the therapist like because i think that probably that is the root of a lot of people's stuff well and maybe even mine but like but you can i can feel her taking it there and sometimes like i'm hesitant to go there because i'm like i don't know that that's necessarily it then again i don't know better than her so I, you know. but you know better than her. Like you know, I was gonna say is your therapist Teal Swan, okay? Because Teal Swan is obsessed with everyone's parents being evil. Like her whole thing is like your parents hurt you, and people are like, 
okay, I guess that's what happened, you know? Yeah, like, and I mean, for sure that is true, but it's just like, I wonder if it's like productive every single time to like harp on that, you know? It's not, it, I think the thing though is that like all parent, you're gonna have come away from like all parental relationships, no matter how good they are, with like small T traumas, just because you're yeah. different humans and they had authority over you for two decades yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and right? when you so realize that they're not perfect and exactly. that they're human beings and they're fallible and they've made a ton of fallible decisions when it relates right. to you, right. like, that is a mind fuck. And it's also, you know, there's a lot of stuff with them aging and then you becoming the responsible par- uh, oh, party. Oh it's, 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 yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know. But yeah, it's like, but it's also sometimes like, because I feel that way too because I started with a new therapist a couple months ago where I'm like, we don't need to spend all this much time on my family, love my parents. Just because... Not only because I have done therapy in the past, but I'm like, it doesn't help me to talk about people who can't speak for themselves. You're just hearing my side of things. And it's like, we know they did their best. We know they did their best. Let's pivot. Let's deal with like the more present issue. Well, but I think the thing in those cases is to figure out what the behaviors are that they, that they created and then how to change those behaviors. Right. Yeah. How to change them. But like you don't, but as you said, how to change them as opposed to just like, they did this to me yes. Yes. with ending there. It's not enough just right. to be like, Oh, it's cause of this thing that happened. It's like no more wire hangers. And it's like, well, okay, what are you going to, what do we do now with that right. information? Right. 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 But that's the important part of the talk. Like, yes, no matter how good your relationship is with your parents, the point of talking about that stuff is to figure out what the dialectic is and then how to like, change it and how to like actively change right but i do think it's funny because but you know like matt like when therapists are very much like what did your mother do what did Mm. your mother say you know i mean they're waiting Mm. for that freudian moment and sometimes (laughs) you're like can we just actually talk about this friendship right now that is (laughs) stressing me the fuck out yeah and then sometimes too it's like you know there's something there and so you're like i can't get into this right now because that actually (laughs) is when therapy is really hard it's like (laughs) dredge this up oh i like that that's when i'm like you're earning your money now (laughs) we're not just like i'm just like "Mm, i didn't get this overall deal or whatever fucking (laughs) shit people are talking about in this town you know then it's like oh yes finally you are like you know you're using your side d yeah to get in there oh love a side d (laughs) i got a side d but now i gotta get somebody to give me the medicine i I want one person who does it all quite frankly okay i want an md phd same 100 (laughs) percent. a one-stop shop exactly okay who's this next one andy all right yeah this is a little more difficult hi andy naomi um sorry my biggest fear is like calling strangers on the phone so gonna power through um i I don't even know if I know what my question is. Um, basically, I'm I'm started going back to school for nursing. I'm at a community college right now, so basically everyone in my class is, is like 19 or 20 years old. Um, and I met this classmate of mine. Um, just we would like study together and stuff. And basically, like over the course of the semester. Um, it became very clear that, like, she was in a really bad marriage and, like, her husband was, like, abusing her, um, and then in ways that were both getting, like, the abuse was getting worse and it was, it was more clear, like, she was sharing more with me, um, and just because of, like, her situation, 
to like I don't know she's just been through so much shit but she's like very self-aware she like knows like she knows the position she's in and she um honestly just like can't can't leave him right now they have three kids um she's basically the only one who does any parenting um but she's also scared that if she leaves she would lose custody of her kids Hmm. um which like there's a whole story too but like there's honestly like a good chance she wouldn't wouldn't have custody of her kids um but she's also told me and this is like stuff i've invited to but also like someone in that situation they're very like desperate to to share with people sometimes especially someone in her case she told me like she doesn't have many friends left she's had to tell our professor a lot of these personal things to um just to explain like why she couldn't come to class or something and i'm just like what like not what do i do in terms of fixing it because i know i can't but i'm like how do i like live with knowing this and like being a friend when I'm really like a support person. Okay, love you guys. I don't know if that makes sense. Bye. I thought this was interesting in the sense that it wasn't a typical it's like <laughs> if some someone you're friends with it is going through something really fucked up uh and you have no control, how do right. you what do you how do you emotionally deal with it? That's what I thought was the interesting right. question. Yeah. Those are really, really tough friendships to be in. Yeah. Um, because obviously you want to do everything you can, but it's just not your place. Right. Um, uh, unfortunately, I think that this person has to get their own help. Um, and that all that you can really do, caller, is keep being a friend. And um, But I will say you sound like you've really internalized a lot of it. Um, And you have to check in with yourself that you are okay because you sound extremely nervous and upset. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. I I just, I I would say to the caller, my advice to you is to maybe pursue like an outlet that you can talk about this and manage it and like see what it's bringing out in you. And I just because it sounds like you're very upset about something that you clearly like care much, care very much about. But, um, ultimately there is nothing you can do. Right. Right. I know you sound, yeah. Cause what I was thinking was what I was getting from her is like, she just sounded weary. Like I was like, you sound broke down. Like she, you sound like sounds, this thing has gotten you. I mean, she did not sound good. Right. It was just like, who like, you know, like broke down by this whole thing. And so it's like, and I think that, and we've said this in the past, you know, when people talk about, you know, friends who are in these situations, it's like, because you, you can't control it and that, and you know that, mm. but it's true. What you can be is a lifeline so that yeah. when and if this person is ever ready, because especially you've said that she says she doesn't have a lot of friends, you know, you are a person then that she can go, Hey, I'm ready to take some steps. Can you help yeah. me find those steps or reach out to people? Like, so you do want to uh, keep that door open, but you know, is it one of those things, like, for instance, is are the nature of these conversations such where it's like, you guys are studying, and she brings it up in the middle of studying? Is it that you guys are talking and texting a lot outside of class? You know, kind of what is, how is it coming out? Because I think that, you know, for instance, when you're, obviously she needs to get it out, she needs an outlet. But I think you can maybe try and put some boundaries on when she's letting it out. 
for you. Like for instance, like when you, if y'all get together to study, it's like, okay, we just got to focus for two hours and like, let's do the work we came here to do. And then maybe on the other side, it's like, okay, do you want to talk for a little bit? Do you want to talk yeah. for half an hour before you go back home or before you do whatever? But it can't be like, let's start studying. And then we spend the whole study session talking about your, the problem you're having. I mean, right? it's, like it's that. Yeah. And that's unfortunate that, that uh, I think our caller has become like the sounding board for it because really the person that, that that they should be talking to about all this is like someone that does like have like specialty in this and can help them and i think that that's what's hard about the situation is it's like this person is confiding and like even saying like you know it's getting worse mm -hmm. you know like saying so many things but like you know the caller is not an expert like right. and the, the caller is um internalizing a lot of stress and like um like in a way internalizing some of the abuse because it's like she hasn't, she, she doesn't have a healthy way of coping with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just this whole, this whole dynamic is not healthy. And so you just wish that the person that's, that's the victim of the abuse would um, be able to just leave, but it doesn't sound like they're currently ready to do that. So maybe one thing I could say that's actionable is just like, like if it if it's at a certain point in the conversation where it's getting really clear the person is like in a lot of danger, like maybe have some resources there at the ready that you can like pass along to them and be like, I've been thinking a lot about what you've been saying and here are some resources. I'm sure you've looked into them already, but I want you to know that I think it's this bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's normal. Right. But have, have either of you, by the way, Matt, uh, for someone who just started therapy, you have the... You have the language and the con the conceptual stuff, <laughs> sort like of down. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I so just I just always I'm very sensitive to when people all of a sudden have are racked with emotion about something that is not their life. Like this is not your life, um, and I understand that there's a lot of other people that you're going to class with that are that seem like they're they're not your age, and maybe you've connected with someone who's more your age, and you know, um, it it feels good to make that connection. But the fact is, like, um, you can't save this person. Like, they have to help themselves. They have to save themselves. And I just was concerned in the tone of voice that the, mm -hmm. I mean, the, I would have thought for sure the caller was going to say something was going on in her own life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we, we have an empathy chain going on here, right? Yeah. Right. The caller is empathetic to her friend. We are all empathetic to the caller. So it's all like kind of transferring down. Right. But have, have either of you, because I, I think the, the core though is like, she knows this. She, I think she knows she can't really do anything. I, I like the, um, I like the idea that she should have like information at the ready. Like here's a women's shelter that I, I know is a good shelter. Here's blah, blah, blah. Right. Whatever. Here's a, a, a phone number you can call. Um, but when you have had friends who are going through difficult things and you're empathizing with them, right. Besides drawing boundaries or besides like giving them information, what have you done personally to kind of just recharged or what have you done to like emotionally i don't mean wall yourself off it's not well, like the cask of amontillado in your brain but it's like <laughs> this what is have another you done 
Yeah, this is another reason why I started therapy, though, because my boundaries with friends are often, like, not great. Like, and sometimes I will, I'll wake up and I'll be like, why am I upset? Oh, something that doesn't have to do with me. Mm. And I'll be like, or, like, I'll be very, like, um, I don't know, I'm very empathetic and, like, very much like a, like a, like a water sign in this way where it's just like, if someone is upset, like I will take it on. And Mm. I just, I've noticed that that doesn't serve me at all and never will. Um, And being there for a friend and listening is different than internalizing. And you do not have to internalize to be there. Mm -hmm. You don't. You really don't. In fact, like the worst thing you can do is internalize so much that you then become another like weak pillar in that person's life. You know what I mean? Like that, like, like something, something that I think I would caution people against is like, you know, just being so available to the point where you then are feeling those feelings. If, if you're starting to feel that stress, then it might be time for you to take a step back. And maybe that sends a message. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I, like, honestly, it could get to the point where it's just like, I am hearing what you are saying, and I want you to know it has bothered me so much to the point where I think about it a lot. And I think that what you need to do is you need to f- explore an option, which is talking to someone who can offer you real help. Because I am getting to the point where not only do I am I unable to offer you help, but I'm feeling like dispirited and demoralized as a result of it, and I don't want to be that type of inner energy around you. Yeah. Like it's okay to tell people that you're wearing down. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking too, cause I think that's right too. Cause especially what you said to me, like, I don't want to be that energy around you. Not like you're really bumming me out. It's like, no, it's just, I want to be here for you and I can't be here for you feeling this way. And I think like that's a hopeless. very nice way to put it. Exactly. But then also right. too, one thing that she said in the call too, was that she's even talked to their teacher, their professor about this stuff. Right. Because she's like, hey, this is why I haven't come to class, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is where, for instance, you're in nursing school right now. So you're around people who are predisposed to be helpers and people who yeah, want to do that kind care. of thing. Yes, there's got, there's no way there aren't resources at that school. And that meaning like just contacts with people like, you know, especially community college where you are getting people who are like coming from different backgrounds and like lifestyles. Like some people, again, maybe 1920, some people got lives and jobs and you know families so it's like mm-hmm. there are maybe things there because yes there's this concern about having your kids but yeah there's again, the custody concern but if you are being abused by somebody they ain't giving that person kids you, that you hold on you don't know that we don't know that definitely but i think instead of saying like well i can't have my kids we don't know what the we don't know what the the problem. But then she also said in the, like the call. She also said in the call. She was something. like, but she would never lose her kids. Like she she even said that in the call. She was like, she's worried about losing her kids, but but she would also never lose her kids. Like she said that in the call. I don't know. To be honest with you, there is too much going on here that we don't know. Right. In order to give a real. I know. I know. I, I, and I think that all I can say to the caller who sounds really upset that this is something that she needs to now assess in how it's taking up space in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sucks because like I think the thing is yeah. when when you hear stuff like that, your first thought is something like, uh, but I care. You know, I'm not a sociopath. I care about it. But it's just like, okay, but like you have no 
control in the situation. You have no power. None. Right? So, and you might make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like by offering some piece of advice or like some sort of action or being like, I'm coming there with you. Da, da, da. <laughs> like, it, like you may make it worse. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you're also hearing while this is like a victim's perspective and like, like this is your friend's perspective. You still are only hearing one perspective and seeing one aspect of the situation. You could go over there and like you know, like it it could be an actual dangerous situation. Right, this guy could have a fucking gun. Right. Yeah. Don't know. Exactly. Don't know like like yeah. it's it's. I think it's just be a friend, be a responsible friend, be emotionally healthy yourself, and be available to her when she wants to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Is Alanon? A possibility is that that's exactly what someone like this should be exploring. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I if mean, if it, if it, if it be, yeah if it becomes a major issue, like I have friends in Al-Anon and they say that it was like imperative to their rehabilitation emotionally because they did not understand how much they were shouldering, mm-hmm. and and didn't understand that it wasn't normal. To be holding all that. Right, 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 right. Okay, you know what, Matt? Quite honestly, you might be a third therapist. <laughs> or therapy because you really are coming here with the real. You are being direct. And you are st- being very empathetic. But you're really I actually, coming here. But I actually think things are often a lot more simple than we think. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you, you have to go out into the world every day as a healthy, positive individual in order to be productive. So what can you do to make that happen that affects on uh, affects other people too you know what i mean like but it might not be in the best interest of this girl to keep going there and being like what happened now you know yeah. what i mean like it it, it mm-hmm. might not be in anyone's best interest do you know what it is matt it, it's it feels like if you're an empathetic person that um part of that is like well i have to be a martyr then it does not mean to. suffering alongside. Right, it does not. but that's what I'm saying. But that, but that is, I yeah. think that is part of that uh, of in in people's heads. I know it's part. Like in my head, there's this thing where I'm just like, well, if I don't like, here's this is the very dumbest version, right? But if it's like I'm like trying to like write a script or something like that, and it's blazing hot and I can't think, but I'm like, if I turn on the air conditioner, I'm destroying the earth. Oh God! And then, well, yeah. this is again. This is yeah. the dumb, dumb little version. But my brain is just like, it's okay, Andy. You're to turn on the air conditioner for an hour while you type, so that you can actually think. It's okay to do that. You don't have to be a martyr for every single thing. Well, yeah, it's put your mask on before helping someone else. Yeah. They literally are out here like, put it on before you even help the baby. The baby will figure it out. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's always like, put. You will not live. And then it don't matter. But that's actually brain, a great example. That's a yeah. great example of like put the mask on before you can help your baby. Someone who's depending on you actually cannot be helped unless you are okay. Like right. if you are not breathing, you cannot help someone else breathe. Like yeah. and that's actually that's actually some that's like a perfect analogy for this situation. It's like you don't sound well. So you actually can't help like this. Mm-hmm. But my brain does this calculus where it's like, well, if you turn that on for an hour, you've just destroyed the earth, right? It's the same. I think I'm saying that there's that martyr complex that comes along with empathy sometimes. Yeah. And that it's very difficult. I think that's the difficult thing to overcome. And also, well, the line between, as you said, like, I want to be there 
but also I'm not, this is not for me to shoulder. Because I think it's easy, because you think like, well, if I put a boundary, does that make me an asshole? Right, that's the yes, thing. No. That's it's what like, you're saying. It's exactly. like, am I a bad person By for saying for saying like there is a limit to? I've, I have no control over this. I am going to be here for you, but there is a limit to what I I can personally deal Take with. In, yeah. And I think that is a difficult. I think that's the psychologically difficult thing in these kinds of cases because you're like because you people don't want to think of themselves as bad people, and then they do this kind of like calculus in their head where they're like well if i'm not totally there for this person then i'm a bad person and i don't want to be a bad person so i will totally be there for this person even if it hurts me right right and i think that is one of the the i think that is the difficult thing to overcome Mm -hmm. in this and also your own sense of powerlessness in these kinds of situations right there it is there it is (laughs) there it is my goodness Damn. He's a culturista, and he's the a therapista, and he's a therapista. Yeah. I, I I enjoy therapy. You know what I mean? Like I really I really like it. I'm going again tomorrow, and I'm I get excited about it because even when I don't feel like I have something to talk about or something like I'm really emotionally wrecked up with, we always find something. <laughs> no, I also you, you know what the thing about therapy is too. Like sort of in this same vein, it's like. When you are in a conversation with a friend or someone that you have a relationship with outside of therapy, like it's not just you in the conversation. With a therapist, it's kind of a space just for you. Yes. And it's someone reacting to what you're saying who is not weighing in and being like, oh my God, girl, yes. And this happened with me as well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. some, and, and then you, you don't have to spin off and like do that. Like, it's really important to look at yourself emotionally in a vacuum because that's the only time you can get actual emotional exercise and actually understand how it is that you feel and why is because you're not gauging someone else's response uh, in terms of their experience. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Not yes, to yes, say yes. like go in and be a dick to your therapist, but like it doesn't <laughs> actually matter how they feel. Yes. About what you right, said. Right, 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 mm, right. You know? Yeah, you're not being like, is this weird? Is this weird? You know, the yeah. way you talk to a friend to kind of be like, have you been in a similar situation? Or as you said, you go off on that conversation. Right. So I think, yeah, 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 totally. No, 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 this, you need it. We all need it. Everyone needs that time to like look within and get right and yeah. get honest. And I was the last person to sign up for it, truly. Like, out of everyone I knew, like, they were like, you need it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I hate that you say that to me, like, et cetera. <laughs> but I did need it. You know what I mean? And now it's like, now the way I talk about it, I'm such an advocate for it like I've been doing it since I was a child but I'm not <laughs> but I but I wish I had I wish I had wait why were you resistant earlier um why was I resistant earlier time uh not feeling like I wanted to date a therapist not wanting to like have to like 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 the person or like you know I, I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult to uh find someone I liked the relationship I liked and like I did um I think honestly just like maybe I was a little bit subconsciously nervous about doing it maybe I didn't want to feel like I was alone with myself for that amount of time um which is crazy because I love to talk um, <laughs> but I think yeah time and anxiety about finding the right person yeah well so you just like you just seem so mature to me now you just really seem to have matured you know so since what since last time we engaged <laughs> Well, just, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, again, when you see somebody, you know somebody or see them over over years, right? Where it's like, I haven't been in it, but I've seen your response to it. Mm -hmm. And so, even as you said, even 
even from the beginning, when you talk about you're like, I went through this time of just randoms and showing up, and now I want to have a conversation first. Yeah, now I want to yeah, be yeah. a little bit more. It just sounds like what it is is I'm hearing just a general mindfulness. Like you yeah. want to be a little more aware of what you're stepping into, whether that is a night with a random or suddenly becoming like going on a fucking publicity tour. It's like, you what am what? I getting into? I think too, it's just as you get a little bit older, like you're just so much more conscious of your time and how it's best spent. And lately yeah. I actually am loving my time by myself. I think I was really busy like all throughout the year and it's a very social thing what we do. And it's really like a lot, lot relying on like appearing and appearing as like the type of person that um, people expect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I genuinely something I talk about in therapy is when I'm being like myself, Matthew, and when I'm being like Matt Rogers. You know what I mean? And like doing the thing and being like, yeah. you know, always having something to say about this topic <laughs> or that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think so, honey. And like you know what I mean? All this stuff and Matt and Bowen and you know what I mean? Like all these things. Like it's like that is not who I am. At the, in at for real, you know right. what I mean, like and so right. and so it's interesting to like, you know, I don't know, it's just interesting, and it is why I got into therapy. It's just about balancing what people expect and what you expect of yourself, and to be able to do versus what you're actually able to do, and what you what what your um, shortcomings are, what your anxieties actually are, or what you, you know want what I mean? to do. There's what people expect and what you actually want, and sometimes it's not on the same. It's not at the same time. And I also think sometimes when you are better with yourself, the character actually becomes clearer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like so from when, when I feel good, like being myself, Matthew, like I actually feel like Matt Rogers is better because it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's not everything, you know, mm -hmm. like, like it's confusing sometimes. Yeah. Well, what is the not to act between? like I'm fucking Hannah Montana, but <laughs> when I'm, but any 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 person who is a brand like and when like you Naomi Perrigan like Annie Beckerman like you guys put out there a certain image, mm. and like when you do this podcast you you put out a certain image, and then when you turn the podcast off there is probably a lot of the same stuff, but there's different stuff. There there is stuff that you wouldn't share. There's stuff yeah. I wouldn't share. Right, and I think that also like when you get success for being the person who shares and when yep. you become successful for being the transparent person yep. and the person that we feel like we know that can get to the place where, yep. okay, yeah, maybe I'll start therapy now. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. I mean, our audience yep. knows our hard boundaries. We're like, okay, there's going to be stuff we don't talk about there. But for you, like, what is the tension? What is that kind of space between Matt Rogers and Matthew that, uh, that, that you are trying to navigate? I think that I think that like sometimes it can be hard to present as an extrovert so intensely because you need rest too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. extroverts and people who are like very out there and like you know present as a um, uh, you know outgoing, friendly, bubbly, energetic person. Like you'd be surprised how tired you get. And I yes. think something I didn't realize like over the past six months is how tired I was. Like mm. I got so sick at the end of this big, big, big press tour that we did for, it was like, I love that. It was like, we shot, I love that for you. And then we premiered and promoted that. And then Fire Island came out and we were promoting that. And that was like a big 
press thing. Like we were yeah. really out yeah. there. And my, the whole time, I'm still doing the podcast and doing some live shows, etc. To the point where, like, I finally, um, over Fourth of July week, went to Fire Island just for vacation, which is not a relaxing time. I know. Anyway. <laughs> it's not chill. And I like was partying every day, and then all of a sudden, my body just completely shut down. My bo- yeah. I, and I got really sick, and I was like, you know what? I think my body is literally telling me, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. And I never say that to myself. And so now, honestly, for the rest of the summer, like I didn't go out last night. It was Saturday night. Like Friday night, Greta and I had a show. We went out to dinner afterwards. That was it. Like I'm okay just turning off. And I feel like I used to think I could never turn off. Or people Mm. would like forget or to be disappointed, or like whatever, but like, uh, it's totally. okay, like, especially when uh-huh. like, you know, people really feel like they know you and have an idea of you, it's actually okay sometimes to feel like you're pulling back from that, because you're not necessarily that all the time, like, right. I don't know, it's just about like, like, actually being responsible with your energy, which sometimes means turning it all the way down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. therapist said to me, like, I even said to my therapist, I was like, you know, this week there's nothing on my schedule, and I'm so excited about it. And she said, add nothing. She was like, that's my challenge to you. Add nothing. She was like, okay. if you're in a place where like you've worked really hard, like we you do what we do, it's not like a nine to five situation. Um, like and but like I, I feel good right now. Like I was excited about a week off. She was like, Don't you add one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you need that. You <laughs> yep. need that. And yeah. everyone needs that. And that's, I guess, that relates me back to the second caller, is you sound so tired. You sound yeah. so tired and upset. Yeah. Like, I, I worry about you. Like, I, I, as much as, like, we're worried about the person in question, like, you know, my, my response in listening to, to that voicemail was to be like, oh, my God, this girl doesn't sound good. Yeah. She sounds uh-huh. like she's having a real hard time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm also gonna make sure to check in with you on Wednesday and be like, you still didn't add anything? You still didn't add anything? Because I could see you going 72 hours and then start itching a little bit, itching a little bit. Like, shit, I gotta do something. I go two I hours and start. I know. Like, like, there's, <laughs> there's a two-hour block of freedom here, and I, I know I, with nothing, and I'm. Uh. <laughs> I used to be like that. I used to be like, I mean, you know, y'all know what it's like to live in New York when you're like on the hustle, on the grind. It's like if you don't have five things in your schedule for any given day, it's like you failed. Yeah, and then you move to LA, and that becomes like two things but it's still there you still feel an obligation to action Um, and so now it's just like now it's like I'll be honest with you like I look at that free time like like something I have to have on my schedule like I will sit here and watch old seasons of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I'll be like no this was good I needed this (laughs) right that's your recharge you needed to recharge truly though like can I quick ask yes ask quick you, as your public persona, are weary, and you, as your private persona, are weary. So, what is the tension for you? Well, I think you? that has actually also been a um, not fully conscious, but I think it's been something that has helped me. Because my, when I first started doing stand up, it was not, oh, I'm so weary, I'm so old. My early stand up was like, I went on a date with this man from Craigslist, and he out of his damn mind. Like yeah. I, it was, I was younger, but certainly it was about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think as I, I also noticed, you know. I used to just carry so much shame around 
who I was as a person, being depressed, feeling like I was lazy, feeling like, oh, I ate too much, or all these kind of things. And I noticed that when I put it on stage, that's where the biggest laughs would come from. Yeah. And, and it was, there, nothing made me feel less shameful than putting it out there. Mm. So that's why I started to pivot to that, because it was almost like a, it, was, it was a weird self-help in a way. And so, but now it's just funny, because it's like, in a way, I do have a... Um, persona that kind of helps but then i also have to be mindful too because i'm like okay i think i'm being too negative or i'm acting <laughs> 30 years older than i need to be acting right now like there are times where i'll be like why are you serving auntie like these are your peers uh-huh. you know and i'll do why that are you serving auntie and i'll do that great someday. day for a special by the way serving auntie I, that's all serving auntie <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like what am i doing you know what i mean like i'll be like you young people it's like okay very much in the same generation honestly yeah all the time all the time but it'll kind of help me sometimes like i remember you know when i remember that time like we ran into someone there was a neighbor and she said she was like oh naomi i saw you walking mabel and i was gonna say hi but then i remembered in your half hour when you said don't talk to me when i'm swagging so i didn't and in a way that's helpful to me (laughs) (laughs) you know and i'm like "Mm mm-hmm um, and I saw Sudi, Sudi Green recently too, where she goes, Naomi, I think about you saying, don't talk to me when I'm swinging all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and so on one hand, it's like, in a way that helped me. So yes. People don't approach me in the morning, but I think I'm also like, well, I do want friends. I know. People. That's the thing. That, and that's the thing too, is it's just like, yeah. When you present a very extroverted thing, sometimes people come up and they, it's like a little too familiar. And, and, and that, that's, I guess why I also have to manage the whole thing of like let me get to know you first is because like when you're too available and you're literally too available (laughs) you can get into a dangerous spot (laughs) so yeah it's all i'm learning i'm getting better at it and honestly like i'm happy to be slowed down right now and like my because my year is going to get very busy again and so right now i can see a window in time where i could just like sit around and like you know you know, hang. Yeah, watch the Real Housewives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you dummy. And I've also like one thing I'm gonna stop is I've given myself license over the past three or four days to like eat really bad, <laughs> and that should stop because it is a slippery slope. Because it's kind of giving early days of COVID in here. Like I'm wearing the sweat. I'm wearing the same sweats. I'm watching the same reality show again and again and again. I'm eating bad. I'm like, okay, what did I? I got some free time, and it's like I'm in lockdown. It's like yeah. I'm not. I'm free to go. And I should be. I should go. Matt, we never left the early days of COVID. Yeah, that's the we problem. Are, our that's the problem. We are living though. in that space, and that's no. why I'd be taking naps every day, and that's not good. You know, I could be getting a lot more accomplished. So I want a nap now. Oh, you've earned it, honey. You've done two podcasts back to back. It's the Lord's Day. So <laughs> yeah, real taxing. <laughs> you take nap. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you guys for having me. I always love hanging. You're the best. And I'm so glad that you are doing well and you better just rest up this week. So help me God. Honestly, I'm going back to New York on Wednesday and I'm going to the Chromatica Ball, Lady Gaga's concert on <laughs> Thursday night. So no rest for the wicked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.